Jester, the chaotic bisexual horse known on TikTok as plant-based bird girl, and now the owner of a delightful two-bedroom pillow fort. And I'm Ellie Rudy. I'm a journalist covering the LGBTQ plus community. I'm usually the center of attention, and I'm a former member of the Scrabble Club in middle school. We are here today to talk about gay signaling ourselves, and most likely Jeff Goldblum will come up. This episode is for lovers of color coding, made-up languages, and public gay sex. Let's get started. <laughs> wow, so what? who this episode is for really sounds like Virgos, like color coding, made-up languages, and then we hit them with that public gay sex, and then it really sounds like Virgos. I wish I knew more about, I knew more about stars and whatnot zodiological zodiological we can we can get into we can get into some serious gay astrology next week's episode is the episode that is closest to when ellie's birthday is and i'm thinking we will do some uh special ellie moments i can do some birthday astrology we can get real gay and fruity with it i am so uh, in my intro i talked about how i am the owner of a two-bedroom pillow fort it is more like a half bathroom pillow fort, and that's it. I we have been trying to figure out my sound for weeks now, um, and this week we're trying we're trying pillow fort. I am laying basically on the ground next to my bed under many of my couch pillows. I think the sound is going to come out really good for this episode, but it will. I, it will. I am in a very compromising position, and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's on brand for the podcast. This whole podcast is a compromising position. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, we have most of the episodes recorded uh, over Google Meets for posterity. Maybe if one day we want to make bonus content. And this episode is just so funny because I look like I'm peeking over the horizon of the video chat. I don't look like a normal human being. No, no, you don't. But you're not a normal human being, so it makes sense. It's true. Um, so today we are going to be talking about gay coding and gay signaling, and you're probably thinking, well, I know what that is because I'm gay, because chances are if you're listening to this podcast, you're gay. But if for some reason you don't know what that is, it's basically the act of covertly signaling to other gay folks that you are a part of the gay community. And most of the time, this was done through fashion throughout, throughout history. Now, I feel like the gays are a pretty loud bunch, so <laughs> signaling <laughs> isn't quite as necessary, but back in the day, um, it really was a, a mode of safety. So it was a way to let people know what was up with you, but the straights wouldn't necessarily know what was up with you. But also, now it's crazy because like so many, like especially in lesbian fashion, has just become a part of like mainstream fashion. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more in my segment. But to just set it out for y'all a little bit. So I will be covering lesbian signaling and Julie will be covering gay signaling. Now, they're signaling for all types of, you know, situations. But this, these are just honestly, I'm going to be honest, the most Googleable. So. Yeah, that is that is true. And also, we want to acknowledge that, like, we're not trying to give into a binary here with one of us taking men and one of us taking women. But as we know, history has a uh, has a pretty big uh, pattern of erasing non-binary folk. And also, uh, who's to say that non-binary folk weren't also using these signalings, but they just didn't have a way of also signaling that they were queer um and here's what's really fun to think about if we, here's what's really fun to think about uh in today's episode wherein i don't know 40 50 years ago someone might have worn a specific type of flower on their lapel to say that they're gay and then if things went wrong possibly get hate crimed me today i went on the internet said i'm bisexual about forty thousand times and the worst thing that happens to me is somebody says okay you can stop talking about it now the worst thing that could happen to Julie is I'm like, shut the fuck up already. And it happens every week, and I've survived. <laughs> and she's still here. I'm still here. So just about, uh, about a nod of respect to our gay ancestors and all that they had to put on the line uh, when, when possibly noting to the world that they're gay. And unlike lucky little me, who just 
screeches it every couple. Literally will not <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> <about> <laughs> screech it every couple hours. It's fine. Julie's gay ancestors are like, okay, girl, like I think they get they it. Get it. <laughs> like, get it, girly. They're they're good. You've made it pretty clear at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're like, we're so happy you're out and proud. Please, for the love Please, of God, for the love of calm God. down. Talk about something else. Hey, I I screech my queerness for me, but I squeer I squeerch it. <laughs> I screech squeerch it. I squeerch my queerness for all those who still can't squeerch their queerness. And I hope uh that that helps them feel like one day they can squeerch their queerness. Julie talks about her gayness so for like the quiet like she makes up for maybe quieter gays. I do. Who just like don't maybe just don't talk in general that much, but she's like don't worry, I will talk enough for all of us. Yes. See, this is something I want to talk about just very fast, and then I promise we'll get into what we brought into today. Um, all of that is not what happened. That is, that, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the <laughs> my narrator voice. It's like, and they would not get and into they it. would not get into it. The entire episode was wasted on their thoughts. Um, I have spent most of my life being friends with introverts all of them have been the quieter types and i've been the one who uh speaks for them and stands up for them and yells about things and causes them to go to parties and they're the ones who keep me calm and sane ellie is the first person in my adult life like i'm trying to remember another person since i've been i don't know 17 18 who is my friend and is as chaotic and extroverted as i am And I'm really nervous for when I live in New York and Ellie and I will just be able to call each other and be like, hey, do you want to set something on fire right now? (laughs) And there's no there's no sane person to stop us in that situation. All of my introvert friends are like, like freaking out for me. They're like, listen, we love Ellie. We love your podcast. But dude, you're going to (laughs) die. And also the issue with me is. Like, we're both extroverted, but I'm kind of, like, mean extroverted. So, like, I will go out of my way to pick fights with people. Like, I will put our safety in danger for the sake of the bit. Oh, my God. My mom, who's listening to this podcast, uh, I was going to say don't worry, but maybe worry. Maybe worry. My mom, who's listening to this podcast, is like, Godspeed, Julie. I know. Astrologically, between the two of us, I'm more likely to be the voice of reason, and that's terrifying. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not great. Um, or it is great. Um, but anyway, what were we talking about? Our episode. Gay Our episode signaling. Today. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna be starting out with some lesbian signaling. Because women and children first. Just kidding. Because women and children first. Um, just kidding. Let the women and children drown. Let us all die um, at the same time. It's survival of the fittest. Because that's equality. Yeah. <laughs> that's feminism. Is don't not women and children first. Exactly. Because women women can drown just as well as men it's can. It's true. And children even better. Yeah, that's that's anti-ageism. Yeah. We do everything on this podcast. Honestly, also for old people and men to the front of the line. <laughs> um also for those of you who are wondering i am drinking um smash pumpkin ale with natural flavors and i don't i well i don't like beer um and i don't like this but i wanted something that was seasonal um i i don't have a lot to say about it i beer i think is the body odor of alcohol but yeah i I don't i don't do beer and I not am not really. drinking anything because if I did, I would pour it all over myself and over this <laughs> computer because I cannot stress to you enough how much I am lying down. Basically, how compromised her position <laughs> is. My position is so compromised. Okay. <laughs> okay Round so four of getting to talk to the thing we trying to start today. So I didn't really use a timeline for mine. I probably should have, but I didn't, and I hey, don't care. Pretty, so girl, live your life. Well, there's some years. There's some years sprinkled in here, oh. but I'm not talking about these things chronologically. Um, I'm just talking about them in the order that I thought about them in my head. I like that. Um, okay, so the first classic lesbian signaling. This is like the classic I'm a lesbian thing. Um, can you? Do you have a guess of what I'm going to say? Is it a, is it a flower? 
No, it's having a carabiner on your jeans or your pants. <laughs> Wait, really? Like, how classic are we talking? Does this go back decades or is this just like... Mm, this is like, like, in, I think, like, well, it became really big in, like, the 90s, but it was even in, like, like the 90s. Well, I'll, okay, we'll get to it, but... So like, cause in the, so like the 1940s, women were starting to be, to work more like blue collar jobs and like in factories and being janitors and stuff because men were off at war. And Rosie so that us, riveter said too. Yeah. And so all us girlies were like, okay, I guess we got to do this. So we got up in there, we're wearing, you know, coveralls, we're wearing overalls, we're wearing more masculine clothes in general because we're doing more masculine jobs because the men are gone. And so, like, a, something like a carabiner would have been made a lot of sense for a construction worker to have or a janitor to have. Um, and before this, like, these were things that kind of only men would have been using. But now it's, like, kind of opened up this opportunity for fashion, for women to be having these more industrial things on their person because of the jobs they're doing. But as women are doing these more masculine jobs, the lesbians, and, and, and his, just historically, um, and this is like, you know, it is kind of a stereotype, but historically we do see like not all lesbians by any mean, but we see, um, lesbians going for, especially back in the day, going for more masculine wear. So the lesbians who are in these jobs were like, you know what? I like this and I'm going <laughs> to keep this going. Um, so yeah, it, it likely started around the mid 20th century. I always get those mixed. Yeah. Mid 20th. So yeah, that would have been like World War II mid early mid late mid mid anyway did that world war ii um and there's like you know this trope that the lesbians were also more attracted to more masculine jobs at this time like poster postal worker handy person custodian so you know we're seeing women but also you know lesbians in these and okay think think like league of their own era that's that's a good way to paint this picture um so we're seeing women in these more you know stereotypically masculine jobs and they're like you know what i like this like i like this kind of you know butch grungy stick it to the man because they're already sticking it to the man by playing baseball by working these types of jobs uh, by being the sole provider for the family. So it was like, why not? Why don't we use this as a form of not only resistance, but as a form to like signal to other ladies like, hey, girly. Um, so yeah, a lot of them would be wearing, you know, like a carabiner for utility. Um, and then it started becoming a signal, even for those who weren't working blue collar jobs, like it stopped being associated as much with class and more so associated with mm -hmm. lesbianism. But also, we can we can probably imagine that this is more associated with lesbianism because people, women who went to these jobs and worked in these places had more freedoms and more of an opportunity. I mean, obviously, still not a ton of freedoms, but had more of the opportunity to develop their lesbianism. When meanwhile, if you were already kind of committed to the housewife life, and you were very femme presenting and you weren't going into these jobs, um, even if you did have lesbian feelings, acting on them or figuring out how to act on them would have been a much bigger hill. Yeah. I mean, I do think like most women were working pretty sure. hands-on jobs at the time. For sure. There's not a whole lot of people to do it. But anyway, that's how we get kind of this like introduction of like utility into fashion. And like, I wear a carabiner on my pants. Yeah. I do it purely for utility, but also it looks cool. It does look and cool. I, I, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> this next, <laughs> I don't regret it. Um, so the next one I'm going to talk about is not, is a lesser known one that I actually had not heard of until I started doing this research, but monocles. Um, yeah, I saw monocle come up in research, but I saw it was more lesbian. So I left it up to you. Tell me about monocles. I'm like, hello, Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut is a lesbian. <laughs> or maybe it's Mr. Monopoly. I don't know. I, I get those they, two mixed I up. I think they both wear monocles. They're both lesbians. Mr. Peanut and Mr. Um, Monopoly are lesbians and they're dating. And they're dating. Um, they hate nut allergies and love capitalism. But anyway, so monocles. So in Paris in the 1930s, there is this lesbian bar called Le Monocle. Le Monocle. I don't, I don't know how to say it because I don't speak French, but I would imagine it's something like... That was perfect. Um, thank you. Um, and it was, it was, you know, it was like a ladies' love and ladies' bar. You know, a lot of women would show up 
Wearing tuxes. Oh my gosh, revolutionary. Uh, but I want to wear a tux. Also wearing monocles. Um, and they would kind of use it as a sign. And it was also kind of like within the lesbian community, it was kind of a sign to be like, oh, I'm a more butch lesbian. And then like the more femme lesbians at the time would also sometimes wear monocles, but it, you know, you a lot in a lot of the older pictures you see, it's like women in tuxes wearing monocles, which I just think is fun and fancy. But unfortunately, this bar was shut down in the 1940s because of homosexuality being um, persecuted against by the Nazis in Europe. So like every party that's ruined, it was the Nazis who ruined it. Um, So that party got shut down. But, um, and unfortunately, I think with it, kind of the legacy of my, I don't see, I don't, okay, to be fair, I don't see anyone wearing monocles, let alone (laughs) lesbians. But I think we should bring monocles back because they're fun, they're quirky, they're useful, and they make you look like you're better than everyone. And they let everyone know you're lesbians. So, and they're yeah. reminiscent of Mr. Monopoly. Exactly. Um, okay, so this next one, Jul- and your middle name's, is it Violet? It is. Uh, so I was cracking up when I learned this. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But anyway, so this next signal is violets. So this, uh, and wearing like a violet on a dress or a lapel. Um, and violet, a violet is a flower, for those of you who are fucking idiots um so (laughs) the notion of violets being associated with women loving women most likely came from this little lady named sappho and she's like one of the og lesbian girlies um she's a greek poet she wrote in the sixth century she lived on an island with a whole bunch of ladies who all loved ladies and it was it was ideal that was lesbos Um, right yes so the poem, this part, like this part of the poem, keep in mind it was originally in Greek, but I don't speak Greek, so this is the English translation. If you forget me, think of our gifts to Aphrodite and all the loveliness that we shared. All the violet tiaras, braided rosebuds, dill and crocus twined around your young neck. So she's dropping bars and she's Truly. like, violets. <laughs> I really wish you had just started speaking perfect Greek, like out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> And then just done the rest of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been awesome. (laughs) Next time. Um, But so people were like, so obviously it was already kind of in like the lesbian zeitgeist for like a long time. But we really see like a reemergence of it in like current pop culture because there was a play. There was a play that came out in 1926 by someone named Edouard Baudet. Um, And it was a play called The Captive, and it showed a female character sending another female character a violet bouquet. So it was like, hey, lesbians, and everyone saw it and was like, yes, bitch, work. Um, So then the play actually ended up leading to like an uproar and and calls for boycotts and censorships. So then all these lesbian ladies like would go out in front of like the marquee and wear violets like on their dresses and lapel to be like, fuck you guys. Um, So we love that. And, and so people kind of, especially like in the 20th century, like early, mid 20th century, would use violets as a signal to like give to other women to be like, hey, girly, I like you. Um, Or, you know, wear them on their shirts or dresses as like a signal to be like, hey, girly, I like other girlies. You down, girly? Um, So basically my name is Julie likes women aggressively, Jester. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) So that checks out. Um, so this next one, I actually had never heard of, but like now it kind of makes sense um, in retrospect. But thumb rings sl- slash just lots of rings in general. Um, so I guess like part of it is like attracts attention to the hands, which can be a very sensual part of lesbian intimacy. But also, like, I don't know, it was, like, kind of lots of different stuff going on. So also it could potentially, like, especially if you're wearing rings on, like, all of your fingers except, like, your traditional, like, wedding band finger. It would be like, see, I'm not married to a man, but I have all these finger- rings on my fingers because I have great hands. Um, but 
Uh, and then also pinky rings, specifically on the left hand. I don't know, rings in general. I'd never heard of that one before. Um, but I'm not, I, I think it's great. I, I usually wear a whole lot of rings. Um, I guess I've just been screaming, I'm a lesbian, <laughs> and didn't even know it. And for my mom who's listening, literally my whole life, my mom is like, I know you're a lesbian. So I'm not a lesbian mom, but anyway. Anyway, um, I believe now thumb rings have been updated. Uh, thumb rings can connotate asexuality these days, I believe. Hmm, I did not know that. But we can talk more about other types of queer signaling in, yeah. in future episodes. Um, okay, so this next one is like a classic, okay? Uh, flannel, la duh. Oh, yeah. Um, so this can also kind of probably be traced back to women entering the workforce and doing more like blue collar, masculine, uh, traditionally masculine jobs. Um, and it's like flannel was like a, it's like a comfortable fabric that has been associated with like blue collar jobs. So, it probably like entered the lesbian fashion zeitgeist around the same time as carabiners, but it also had like a huge, I mean like, especially the nineties, like with like the riot girls, which is like, we should do a whole other episode on them. But it, you know, like with the, with the grunge era, you see, I mean, you see a lot of plot in general, but also like the way plot is worn specifically by lesbians varies from, you know, like mainstream fashion and now I, I don't know, now I kind of see, I feel like there was like a time in like 2014 where like literally everyone wore flannel, like everyone, like, like from like Irby Audi. That's my, that's how I say urban outfit. Irby Audi. Um, Irby Audi. Um, my sister but, calls it urban outfit tears, like crying. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Um, but now I feel like it's kind of more like it's gone back to being like a more queer thing i don't wear flannel because it's not usually that colorful and i like colorful things and it makes me sweaty um and i'm i'm just naturally i run hot so i'm not a flannel girly um and i typically dress pretty femininely and so for me flannel's not been my favorite but i've heard it's comfortable it just makes me sweaty i've slept on flannel sheets before which was the worst oh that's a hot time Oh my God, it was so hot. I was in Minneapolis and it was like the static and it was, there's just no humidity in the air. Everything hurts. No one should live in the Midwest. I'm sorry. I know you do, but it gets too cold there. And I'm sorry. <laughs> this all started, this all started with uh, flannel. Anyway, flannel's great, except not on sheets. That should be illegal. I'm personally entering my extreme flannel phase. I think I'm going to be really, really gay flannel in 2023 and i am excited for us to go on that journey together we're gonna look like a couple <laughs> i'm fine with that 100 <laughs> percent. yeah absolutely give it to the fanfic like you're gonna be the mask and i'll be the femme and not that every lesbian relationship has that but like that will be our dynamic yeah, yep. and i'm really okay with that yeah and you're gonna have all the rings on and i'm gonna have the flannels and we're both gonna have, have carabiners. a carabiner <laughs> this is so uh on carabiners i wear my keys in a way that does look like they're on a carabiner in my pants but they're not i don't have a carabiner yet unfortunately they just kind of like hang outside of my pocket um, and I kept telling my one friend, I was like, I really, really, really want to have a carabiner because I already wear my pants like this. And it's also just like, I like it. It's the bisexual vibe. Give it to me. And so I was like, Ooh, we're going to the grocery store today. Um, let's go see if they have a carabiner in like the home, like, home goods section. And he and I show up to the home goods section of the grocery store and they do have a carabiner, but it's like the one for attaching cars to things. <laughs> like it's gi it's gigantic. <laughs> and he, Please wear that. I know. I almost bought it. I was like, wouldn't that be awesome if I bought the world's biggest carabiner and wore it on my jeans? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like your TikTok account. Just like, we get it. You are so gay. <laughs> That you need the biggest carabiner. The biggest one. Yeah, so Ellie's going to be looking all femme lesbian, and then I'm going to have a gigantic carabiner just to make sure y'all, <laughs> like a comedically large carabiner just to make sure y'all get the picture. Yeah, no, I, I wear, I have my carabiner, and mainly I have it on my pants because I have this thing on it. This is not an ad, but it's called a birdie. 
and you like pull it out and it like lights up and makes really loud like <laughs> noises. I actually don't know if that's how it sounded because I've never pulled I, on it. I think you made it's a right. You made such a high pitch frequency that my mic didn't pick it up. I didn't. Okay, hear it's it. like. Did you hear that? No, it's like it's like tell it's like we're blocking this out because it can't be a human noise. Molly doesn't like it, but anyway, it you use it in case you're being attacked. And I'm like, okay, if it's on my pants, I could just. Mm. Um, and also, my birdie is has the pride flag on it, so it just yeah, it's pretty adorable. My mom got it for me when I moved here. Um, but anyway, um, okay, so the, like those are just some of some of the classic ones. Um, and here are a few other ones. This is not an exhaustive list by any means. I myself am not a lesbian, so I have zero authority on this topic. Um, so I did go with the most reliable source I could think of, and that is Reddit. <laughs> um, yeah, Reddit. So I went on. I know I went on a subreddit called R slash Actually Lesbian, and there is a <laughs> subreddit. There's a there's a thread on the subreddit, and someone posted the question: What are some great ways to signal to other gay women what's up with you? I feel like there's a lot of culture that has been lost, and I don't seem to have the right skills to uncover that on my own with just Google. So someone's putting out in there in the universe, like, "Hey, girlies, I want to signal to other girly loving girlies that I like girlies." Um, and so these are these are just some these are. And, like, some of these things were also stuff I saw on other parts of Reddit. But here are some reoccurring themes that I saw on this thread. Um, all right. So, colorful hair. That checks out. Um, wearing backwards hats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any, any type of masculine clothes, like blazers, ties, suspenders, checks out suits. Um undercuts slash fades and i found this interesting someone commented like undercuts are more of a bisexual thing whereas fades are more lesbian yes these are things i don't know yes but also undercut i feel like if i see any woman with an undercut i feel like 80 percent to 90 percent positive that flirting with her would not be unwelcome i guess <laughs> that she's oh yeah yeah to women i don't think i don't think there's any like 100 percent straight woman who has an undercut um yeah if, if there's something if there's something going on with the hair i would say it's pretty safe to pretty safe to assume um and then just like also just like short hair pixie cut in general that one it, there was some there was some back and forth on it but it, it was like maybe it was like probably um uh lots of piercings yeah, uh, queer tattoos. That one's pretty obvious. Like if they have a, a tattoo of a lesbian pride flag, then that if you see I would think it's woman, safe to assume. If you see anyone with a tattoo that says "I'm gay," I'm gay. <laughs> I gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a ninety percent chance that you're good to proceed. Yeah. Um. Another one was not shaving arms or legs. I. But I also, I'm pretty sure, maybe that's more just, like, in America. Because I'm pretty sure, like, in other places around the world, like, no one, like, shaving your arms and legs is, like, just not something that, like, a lot of people do. So I think that might be more, like, a more America thing. Yeah, I can see that. Gay pins on your bags. Kind of same thing as the tattoo. If you see someone with, like, a pin that says <laughs> I'm a lesbian on it, I would think they're probably a lesbian. Um, Rainbow Apple Watch Band. I just thought that was funny. Rainbow Apple um, Watch Band for the corporate It's so gaze. specific. Yeah. Um, stickers on your computer. Same thing as the tattoos and the pins. Like, if you have lesbian flag stickers, it's probably you're a lesbian. Oh, the uh, eyebrow slits. Like, when you have, like, a little slit shaved into your eyebrow. Um, and... This next one actually fell under bisexual signaling, but I had to mention it because it's hilariously fitting for this podcast. Just having ADHD. <laughs> hey. <laughs> like hey, someone commented like this is more of a bisexual thing, but usually if someone has ADHD, it's safe to assume they're bisexual and I was like that is so funny. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, excuse me, Julie, are you on Reddit? Did you comment this? <laughs> no, I didn't. But honestly, 
it's getting to the point where if you were to Google ADHD, what you would find is, welcome to Liz, the podcast for the British, (laughs) (laughs) the queer, and the grossly ostentatious. Oh, I just also think that, like, like technically like ADHD, which like I guess is a mental illness. Although I think it's a gift. I love having ADHD because everything's super fun and interesting. Uh, yeah. But like the just having ADHD, it's like, yeah, bisexual. I like, so I funny. do I do love ADHD for for where it brings me creatively and work wise, but like the part where I haven't done I'm on my last pair of underwear and it's getting desperate and I need to do laundry, but like so many things happen all well, at once, and also, then I don't do laundry. Are you, are you a medicated adhd or not? No. that also makes a... Okay, see, I'm a medicated ADHD girly, so it's like I get the benefits of, like, the fun parts of ADHD, but then when I actually really need to, like... Like, like if I need to, like, hunker down and edit an episode, I'm like, okay, take my Vyvanse, and I'm actually going to do this. But, like, there's... I can't even, like, drive a car without being medicated. Like, I will crash it. Like, like, look at that bird. Boom. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I get the best of both worlds. But that's all I got for y'all with lesbian signaling. I'm sure there's definitely more. I'm sure there's also more that, like, I just am not, like, cool enough to know. Um, <laughs> but please the, the uh, only... let us know. Comment. What I uh, what I would like to to add is I saw this TikTok where this girl says making my eyeliner do something a little funny at the end just so the girlies know that I'm queer. Like if you see someone at the club and their eyeliner has like three dots next to it or like they did stripey things with it or, you know, when they add those little extra special just like euphoria makeup. Yeah, that's them being like, hey, hey, ladies. I think that that's fair. I'm trying to, like, think of, like, other ones that I can, like, think of, but I don't know. I just feel like everyone these days is somewhat gay, so, especially our age, so it's, like... A- everyone's a little bit fruity. And for the record, everyone's a little bit more fruity, not because fruitiness turns, like, the existence of queerness in the media doesn't turn people gay. It just allows them to explore more in their brains and have their minds open to that. But I promise you, world, straight people still turn out straight. Gay people turn out gay. It's just that we're making a more comfortable environment for people to turn out queer. So don't make the argument that seeing more queerness causes more queerness, because it doesn't. Shaboom. There, wait, there's this account on Instagram called Overheard LA, and one was like, and it's like people will like post stuff that they like overheard from a conversation. And this one was from Los Angeles, and it was, like, a girl who was, like, 13 talking to your mom. She's like, Mom, don't you know that anyone who's anyone is on a juice cleanse right now and is bisexual? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's so funny. It's um, really, really true. <sighs> but anyway, that's all I got for you this time around. If you want, if I want to toss it over to you with cool. the gay signals. Bring it over to me with the gay signals. So, gay men. The men-loving men community of gay signaling is so organized. Like, it is incredibly, like, the amount of these codes, it isn't just, like, wear this flower. There's, we're going to get into different, different letters, different uh, colors, and there's, like, hundreds of them, all specifically meaning different things. Um, but I'm going to start. They have like, there's, there's like a spreadsheet, like a spreadsheet (laughs) that they all fill in on. I'm not even kidding. There's like, I found like six different spreadsheets and they go on for so long. And that is how much queer signaling there is. The gay. That's so funny because yeah, the gays, the gays are an organized group. Yes. They know what they're doing and they know how to get exactly what they're looking for. Um, also, Julie, speaking of ADHD, I'm going to start doing a puzzle while you're talking about this because I got it and I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about Ellie's it. So doing I'm a puzzle. Um, so in the early 1900s, uh, one of our first examples of gay signaling, at least in, um, you know, American culture, uh, Oscar Wilde told friends of his to wear uh, green carnations to the opening of his play Lady Windermere's Fan. And then that has kind of turned into this thing where anyone wearing green carnations is is signaling that they are a friend of Oscars, that they are gay. Um, and so that's sort of the gay male flower. Also, I saw that lavender was possibly another gay flower. It's definitely a gay flower in the bisexual and lesbian community. 
Um, and I just want to double down on that. My middle name is Violet and my first tattoo was of lavender. And I didn't know these things at the time, how gay they were. And that's just, I mean, obviously I didn't know Violet was a gay thing when I received my name. I was zero years old. But <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of incredible how queer my life was before I even knew it. Um, so green carnations, that, that is about as simple as it will get. For the rest of the things I have to tell you, we have got we have got spreadsheets, we have got stuff to go. So the most fascinating, uh, not even the most fascinating, I'm not even going to say that, but one of my favorite spreadsheets um, in the early one 1970s, of your one of my favorite spreadsheets in the early 1970s, 1980s, we get the hanky code. So uh, it's where gay men would take a specifically colored hanky. And I'm like telling you, there is multi there's I would I would guess I haven't counted how many colors there are in the spreadsheet. I'd guess there's about 40 or 50 different possible colors. Um, and depending that is so much to keep track of like. that is. And I don't I don't understand. Um, so you wear a specific color of hanky on either the left back pocket or the right back pocket to indicate something so the hanky sort of well, indicates Julie, we already we already know that i would have trouble with this because i don't know my lefts and rights no, so yeah, this is already would, pretty complicated for which me. would turn out pretty it wouldn't be good for you unless you were a switch because essentially on the left is the giver of said action and on the right is the receiver oh, of said action. Wow, so, that is just so much to keep it track of. It is very, it is very organized. So I am going to take you through some of these colors. But first, I want to ask Ellie. Ellie, what's your favorite color? <laughs> you're, you're okay. Pink. Do you like light pink, dark, mauve, magenta, purple, or lavender? <laughs> um, I like 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 a hot pink. Okay. Well, and if you wore that. On the right side of your jean pocket, you'd be signaling that you're an armpit freak. She really, <laughs> like, you really like armpits, I guess. Armpit freak. Armpit freak. Seven days a week. And also, <laughs> these, these colors, I mean, they don't, they indicate such a very specific thing. I feel like to get exactly what you're looking for, you'd need to have like six hankies hanging outside the back of your pocket, unless like literally the only thing you're about is armpits. Um, yeah, like that is such a specific. So does it change if you, if you wear it on the other pocket? Yes. So if you wore it on the left pocket, you would be asking someone to uh, do things to your pits, to your armpits. And okay, okay. So what about light pink? I love this so light much. Light pink. You would be a a dildo fucker, or on word on the right, dildo fucky. And I am simply quoting what is exactly on this page. So on some, we've got to we've got to put the link for this. <laughs> yeah. This is just such good. Content. It is really good. So on like if we took a simple color like black, you are either a heavy top, like a very heavy top on the left side, or you are an extreme bottom if you're on the right side, and that kind of goes into more of it. And then also, so there is this other one that is pretty racist. I mean, I don't know, but it's it's you wear a light blue one, and then depending on the polka dot colors, indicates what ethnicity you like to be with so if you are a wearing a light blue one with white polka dots you like to receive sex from white people or if you're wearing it on your right side you like to give sex to white people and they had black dots for black people brown dots for latino people and yellow dots for asian people um that does feel problematic. However, who are producing all of these hankies? <laughs> like, That's what I... That is so specific. Yeah. Like, do you just go to the gay hanky store and you're like, hey, uh, I like fucking white guys. And they're like, okay, one white blue hanky with white dots coming right up. Like, what? Right. where do these come um, from? So for white with multiple colored dots on your left pocket, you uh, would be saying that you're hosting an orgy. And if you wore it on your right, yeah, if you uh, wore it on your right pocket, you'd be looking for an orgy. Now, there are other things outside of handkerchiefs, like a Ziploc bag. It uh, has drugs on the left side, is looking for drugs on the right side. 
or keys. Like just hanging out of your pocket? <laughs> yeah, just hanging out of your pocket. Or if your keys are hanging out on one side, you have a car on the other side looking for a ride. Keys on the back side, left back pocket, has a home, back right pocket, needs a place to stay. There is, so, like, there's so many colors. Like, like, was this just common knowledge? Like, what, I don't, like, I d- when you're a baby gay, is there, like, a induction where they give you the rundown? I <laughs> like, really there's a test, t- like. I truly wonder. Or, like, how many, how many men who were straight just were happened to, like, be working on their car and hang a hanky in the back pocket? They were talking about, so the, one of the people who wrote this article was talking about how in that, do you know that Bruce Springsteen album with the, with the red hat hanging out of the bas- back of his jeans? If that had been a hanky, that album would have been suggesting that he would like to be fist fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bruce Springsteen, pretty crazy guy. Crazy, pretty crazy gay. Uh, another notable one is that blue medium. If you wore it on the left, you were indicating that you're a cop. And if you wore it on the right, you were indicating that you like having sex with cops. <laughs> Wait, so would straight cops straight? I can't imagine straight cops would do this. No, I don't think so. I think I think you would wear the blue hanky in or out of the cop uniform, and you would tell people like, "Hey, I'm a cop, but I, I but like I'm, I'm a, a cool like cop. I'm a gay cop." Um, yeah. <laughs> I This is so intricate. My favorite color is yellow and you can guess what that leads to. It's it's pretty obvious. Um I think other oh. yeah, other notable ones, uh rust. <laughs> if you wear a rust hanky, you're a cowboy. And if you wear it on the right side, you're the cowboy's horse. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fun. Uh I wonder if like like within the gay community if any of this is like still recognized today like because i've never heard of any of this it's it's pretty incredible and i don't know but um another another good one that i think is so funny and so specific if you wear a gray flannel hanky out of your left side you you're saying that you own a suit and if you wear it out of your right side you like to see men in suits (laughs) like hey these are just so specific. They're so specific. Okay, give me another color. We'll go through one or two more. Orange. Orange. Okay, specifically, do you like orange, apricot, or coral? Orange, orange. Orange, orange. Uh, anything, anytime on the left or on the right, nothing now, just cruising. So I guess it's like orange is like DTF in whatever way. And on the right, it's like, I'm not in the mood, but I would like to flirt. Fascinating. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, that one seems useful. That one that seems like the yeah, most that's useful one of the, so far. Yeah, that and like the top or bottom ones, I would say, seem like the most the most useful. Um, Ellie, your, your favorite group of people on purple with lavender on the left side likes drag queens. On the right side is a drag queen. I need that because I love drag queens. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, so you're into drag queens? And I'd be like, not like that. I just am a huge admirer. All right, give me another color. Um, Green. Green. Do you... Like light, light green. Light green. Well, right here we have lime green, drab lime. olive. Yeah, I like lime. Lime. Dines off tricks food or dinner plate will buy dinner so willing to have sex for food or will buy dinner for sex um that's okay. fun so there's so many that you can go through what about wait i wait i want to know i i want to know olive green i'm sorry this is the last okay, one okay, okay. But this is olive i love green, this i love this so olive much. green military top or military bottom so you uh you were in the military i guess or do you just like no not missionary military yeah, um, military. So very different. There are so many, and the final one that I will leave off of, I will just, I will leave it at this, and know that you can go see so many more. Red and white gingham. So think like a picnic blanket. Red and white picnic blanket hanging out of the left side will be the top when having <laughs> sex in a park. <laughs> But Warden, only in the Warden park. On the right will be a bottom when having sex in the park. So, oh my gosh, that's just so specific. 
I know. There's so many. The So the Hanky Code, truly incredible and a really easy way to signal for queer people to get what they want, I'm, I'm seeing. But at the same time, you have to be is so... It, sp- is it that easy? <laughs> I don't know. It's also very complicated. Um... <laughs> so that brings us also to cruising. So something that gay cruisers would do who are people who are gay men out on the town, they're looking for sex right now and usually sex in like a public place. Like they're not they can't bring you home to their house cuz they probably have a wife and kids or they just simply cannot do that for whatever reason. So gay men would go out into the public and do all of these codes to figure out somewhere that they could go live their gay truth and then go back to their lives as if they had never met Um, and stuff along those lines. If some if a gay man sat down next to you and started like tapping his foot rhythmically in a specific way. Or if he... Oh, there was with that... The, there was a thing that happened with a politician. Yes. Relatively recently. Yes. And it's like, he was, he was like in a bathroom yes. and he was like, I just have a wide stance. And someone was like, he was cruising. I don't know who it was, but there was a lot of tea. Yes. So he, and he actually signaled, he gay signaled to a cop and the cop arrested him. Um, but I still, I don't know if he was asking for gay sex, but everyone seems to say... He said he says he, he says he wasn't. He was like, I just have a wide stance and blah, yeah, yeah. blah, but we're like, okay. Senator... L- anyway, sorry, I just... Senator Larry Craig in the gay sex bathroom scandal of 2007. Um, yeah, he was, he, he was believed to be soliciting for gay sex in an airport bathroom, um, even though he was an involved, like, homophobic Republican with closeted, you know, family values, all of that. Um, Quote-unquote family values. But anyway, uh, you would go, you would, you, would, you would sit next to someone, do a certain little thing with your foot, tapping a specific rhythm, and if you were like, yes, I'm down, you would reciprocate the tapping or just kind of mimic what they were doing. And if you weren't interested or you didn't know what was going on, you would walk away and not think anything of it. Um, and I would like to think about how I mimic people all the time. I <laughs> I copy what people do <laughs> and sometimes just do that randomly and how I could have accidentally solicited solicited myself some gay sex if I were a man in uh in the 70s. Um okay, Sparky has joined the chat. I am hey, Sparky. I am in this pillow fort right now and Sparky's really excited about it and I am uh I'm currently now being used as a cat bed. So hopefully this doesn't hey, affect Sparky. the recording too much. Uh, Ellie, can you no, still hear me? it's fine. Okay, cool. I can still hear you. All right, good. Um, okay, so cruising. This also, a, a journalist by the name of Laud Humphreys, who got into a lot of trouble for the way he made this book, wrote something called The Tea Room Trade. Uh, Impersonal Sex in Public Places was the name of this book. And he became like he assumed the position of an initiator of gay sex and did studies and wrote about all of these people to get a firsthand report on what was happening here. But he never informed them that that's what he was doing. But he wasn't gay. I think he was, but he didn't tell them that he had. He didn't tell them that they were like they were like research topics. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I wanted... Is he a journalist? Yes, he's a journalist and he wrote this book. So if you are really interested in gay sex, Journalists are the worst. Yeah, look at that, Ellie. Look at that, Ellie. That frickin' journalist. Um, so... I'm going to read to you, though, just the first, like... The first page of a tea room trade in personal sex in public places. Because I do think this is really fascinating. And while he broke... So many journalistic codes. He broke so many ethical codes. It does bring to us a really interesting piece of 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 work here, a piece of work that we can't we can't ignore as a as a a true account of what was happening here. Even though he broke so many journalistic codes. Um. All right. Here we go. A dramatic reading. The thing is, is I don't even do journalistic codes. Who does them? <laughs> like, who needs who needs morals? I spy on people. I record them. I watch them sleep. Oh. I have no oh, bounds. No, Anything for a story. I'm kidding. I, uh, no, Please I, don't that fire was, me. Uh, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> okay. Everything was a joke as of watching people sleep. I do watch people sleep. Okay, anyway. That's continue. true. I woke up one time and Ellie was just in the <laughs> corner of my room. Leering. Leering. Making eye contact with me the second I opened my eyes. And I was like, oh, you witch woman. And she, <laughs> you and she was like, go back to sleep. <laughs> go back to sleep. This never happened. <laughs> okay. Um, to get an idea of a tea room trade and personal sex in public places. Uh, here we go. Dramatic reading. At shortly after five o'clock on a weekday evening, four men enter a public restroom in the city park. One wears a well-tailored business suit. Another wears tennis shoes, shorts, and t-shirt. The third man is still clad in the khaki uniform of his filling station. The last, a salesman, has loosened his tie and left his sports coat in the car. What has caused these men to leave the company of other homeward-bound commuters on the freeway? What common interest brings these men with their divergent backgrounds to this public facility? They have come <laughs> They have come here not for the obvious reason, but in a search for instant sex. Many men, married and unmarried, those with heterosexual identities and those whose self-image is a homosexual one, seek such impersonal sex, shunning involvement, desiring kicks without commitment. Whatever reasons, social, physiological, or psychological, might be postulated for this search. The phenomenon of impersonal sex persists as a widespread but rarely studied form of human interaction. There are several settings for this type of deviant activity. The balconies of movie theaters, automobiles, behind bushes. But few offer the advantages for these men that public restrooms provide. Tea rooms, as the facilities are called in the language of the homosexual subculture, have several characteristics that make them attractive as locales for sexual encounters without involvement. They are accessible, easily recognized by the initiate, and pro provide little public visibility. Tea rooms thus offer the advantages of both public and private settings. They are available and recognizable enough to attract a large volume of potential sexual partners, providing an opportunity for rapid action with a variety of men. When added to the relative privacy of these settings, such features enhance the impersonality of the sheltered interaction. So that is all I will Fun. give you right now of that book, but I am massively fascinated by it. I might read the whole thing. Who knows? I found a PDF version online. We will put that in the bio of, or I guess maybe this isn't a PDF version. This is a, this is just the first chapter PDF um, yes, send it over to me and I'll put it in the yeah. show notes. So uh, that is what I have on gay cruising for you. And then following up, we get with the development of the Internet and, you know, computers in every household, we get a lot of gay chat rooms. But obviously the Internet doesn't go away. Uh, that's documentation of your queerness if you openly talk about being gay or looking for gay sex. So they have developed a ton of computer codes as a way to signal to gay men what it is that you're into, what it is you're about and what what it is like you want um wait gay codes like computer coding or like letters letters, letters and numbers um letters and numbers that that mean different things in different scales so like if we look at there's the twink code and then i also found the bear code and then i found the smurf code i did not know about the section of gay men that was called Smurfs, but there are the gay men who are who are really into like goofy times. Bears are like the big boys. Twinks are oh, like the softies. Then I'm a Smurf. Yeah, <laughs> you are a Smurf. Um, so if you, I always I always call my dad my mom's twink. <laughs> Aww. cute. And she's the bear. So, for example, in the in the Smurf code. If you were to write J, J plus, J plus plus, J minus, or J minus minus, J likes jokes, J plus, promotes an occasional obvious joke or pun, J plus plus, often includes a concealed joke or pun, sometimes requiring special understanding, J minus, doesn't get jokes, J minus minus, jokes are un-PC. So... 
as you can see, there's a lot of, and they, they go into so many specifics. Like for the twink code, we get down to the type of twink, the color of hair, the length of hair, uh, the, the amount of body hair, the dizzy factor, how much of an airhead, airhead is he, attitude, the wine factor, the color of crust, youthful appearance, endowment for the size queens among us, the gonads, <laughs> um, also the flavor of their uh, ejaculation, um, the kinky factor, the sex factor, and the muscle factor. And these all have different letters with different plus, plus, plus. I'll tell you what kind of twinks there are. We have the Beach Twink, the Nuevo West Twink, the Rap Twink, the All-American Twink, the Euro Twink, the Twink Next Door, the Radical Twink, the Gym Twink, the Appalachian Twink, and the Grunge Twink. Uh, let me know if you want to know any of the definitions of those. What's the difference between Twink Next Door and All-American Twink? The Twink Next Door is the boy next door never looked this good. Well, mine never did. A suburban sensibility becomes a showcase for a gorgeous young gay. And the All-American Twink, remember that quarterback you could have never have in high school? This is him. Athletic, active, it's amazing how his hair stays in place. So I guess the All-American Twink is slightly more active, and the boy next door Twink is probably a little more, like, I don't know, like, bookish and family. Like, and pretty boy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm the spooky Twink. Um, so then... spooky twink so the they didn't do this for the twink code but in the bear code they broke down a couple of famous people by how they would be classified in the in the code my favorite of which was santa claus so here's santa claus as broken down by the bear code we get he is b8 so that means he's a level eight bear very long beards. These beards are usually very bushy and haven't seen clippers in a long time. And then his next Classic le- Santa. <laughs> his next letter is is D plus plus. Now D indicates the daddy factor. D plus plus. He's a daddy with a vengeance. <laughs> Santa, because Santa sees that, when that he's means, sleeping. Okay, then I'm a D plus well, plus. Yeah, I'm a D plus plus. Then yeah, I am also a daddy with because you do see me when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows <laughs> yes, you've been bad or yes. good. Um, so then he gets an F question mark, which I guess is the fur factor. It didn't give me any F question mark. Okay, so I guess we're not sure about fur, but average normal normal amount of body hair, body fur basically. So we don't know how hairy Santa's underneath is, I guess, because he's always wearing that long red suit. Then we get W, the weight factor. Santa scores a W++ on here. He's a round bear, a big teddy bear. Yeah, he's a thick boy. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, we have to imagine Santa's in a chat room signaling to other gays what he looks like right now. Signaling to the elves. (laughs) And then there's a K factor, the kinky factor. He is K minus minus with a question mark. So totally vanilla. But the author here is saying we think he's totally vanilla because they added that question mark. So I guess this could also be. Yeah, this could also be used if you're describing other. other other ones so now uh finally this is what i will wrap us up on for gay signaling and obviously there is there is so many other things of gay signaling and some of which cross over from what ellie was talking about in lesbian signaling um ellie what year do you think the high five was invented i think it was invented i feel like it was a baseball player who invented it yes was it was it a baseball player what year do you think um, I'm going to say either 1940-something or 1960-something. 1977. Damn, High Five that seems literally so late. Ar- yeah, I know. The High Five has only been around for 40 years. Like, so that, so that, wait. So that means that, like, if I would have tried to f- High Five my mom when she was, like, five years old, she'd be like, what the fuck is that? Sorry, mom, for just dating I guess- you. <laughs> But like, she would just be like, like there would be confusion. That's wild. Are you going to tell me it was a gay person who made it up, a gay baseball player? Well, so uh, it takes two to high five. It takes two to high five. So Dusty Baker uh, was one of the one of the high fivers, and he was straight, and he always gets like he always gets the recognition for for being the high inventor of the high five. But who he high fived? 
was Glenn Burke, who was one of the first openly gay baseball players and he had to retire because there was so much homophobia in the baseball community for uh la magazine i covered uh lgbtq night at dodger stadium because i'm pretty sure he played for the dodgers um unless i'm totally making that up is he he was also black right yes and both of these men are black okay i and i'm pretty sure they were okay i don't know a whole lot about (laughs) sports but his family, like, came, yeah, 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 his family came to, like, honor him on, like, Dodgers Pride Night, because when he played for the Dodgers, he wasn't, like, it was really hard for him to be out, but then, like, in 2022, they were literally having a gay night at Dodgers Stadium, like, celebrating Glenn Burke. so full circle, I love that Glenn yeah. Burke was there for her first high five, anyway, continue. Yes, so, so, uh, high five sort of became a light form of gay signaling, or at just least it was associated with gay celebration, and now it has been co-opted into everyone high fives but if we really want to get petty we can think that everyone who high fives is signaling that they're a little bit gay and that's fun for us that's fun for when we watch sports now um (laughs) well you know what else is super gay in sports is when they usually like they literally spank each other i'm like okay that is well so much (laughs) about sports is so homoerotic and yeah uh, like like the volleyball scene the volleyball scene in top gun like hello (laughs) Literally, have you ever watched wrestling? I dated a guy who was uh, a wrestler, an MMA fighter uh, for a minute. and he Wait, invited- do I know him? I don't think so. Oh, he's not from our high school. No, he wasn't from high school. Um, dated this guy for a minute and he invited me to one of his matches. And I remember being like, oh, my God, I have such a crush on this muscle boy. And then I was just kind of like sitting them, sitting there watching him essentially recreate gay sex, but with a tight spandex suit on. <laughs> and I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> like obviously, like, should I, I go? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, "Sure, for sure." Because I've never like sat down and watched this before, but I remember sitting there and being like, "Wait, maybe he's not into me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh Molly, my god. Molly, it's okay. Okay, Molly's getting fussy, so we have to wrap it up. I'll take you out in a second. I'll take you We out. have to wrap it up because this podcast operates on Molly's schedule. It she does. is our manager. She is our manager and she's like, listen, I get it. Gay wrestlers, that's great. I'm overhearing about it. She's like, the whole bandana yeah. thing was honestly too confusing. Too confusing. Too much gay hankies. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I forgot about is I believe it's a thing that if you are a man and you have your ear pierced on one side, yes. specifically the right side, it's uh, signaling that you are queer. Yeah, but then I thought, I feel like it, like, I've heard it both sides, like left side and right side. Like, I don't sure. know which one, which one it is, but I definitely have heard that one. Noise. Noise. Yeah, that's yeah. a classic one. And then also just the classic having a tattoo that says, I am a gay man. I am a gay man. So <laughs> the lesson here that we've learned today is that there are a million and one ways of telling someone you're queer. But lucky for us, we don't have to think about them because now we just go on TikTok and yell about it. <laughs> now we just don't <laughs> shut the fuck up about it. Now we just Julie. don't shut I know. Although um, it would be interesting to see what in other cultures today uh, that do not are not as openly, openly queer. I, openly, that would be interesting. You know, but at the same time, I almost wouldn't want to do an episode on that because if we started outing their gay Yeah, sibling, I'm like, we can't. We would be the <laughs> ones to bad. ruin the secrets. Yeah, we would get a bunch of people very hurt and that would not be good. We'd um, be like, sorry. So, <laughs> sorry, we ruined the gay party in our little <laughs> pro-gay podcast. Yikes. Uh, yikes. Uh, so, uh... We're, we enjoy enjoy the rest of your week, dear listeners, dear queers, dear carabiner wearers. Uh, head to the Liz, uh, Liz links and figure out what your gay bear smurf code, twink code would be. Get a hanky and get a little flirty. It probably won't lead to anything or it could lead to everything. <laughs> uh, I'm Julie Jester. This has been Liz. And remember, sexiness is a state of mind. 
I am Ellie Rudy and mom, for the last time, I am not a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's cool if you are. <laughs> Thanks. Julie. That's what my mom always says. That's what my mom always She's like, Ellie, if you're a lesbian, it's okay. And I'm like, mom, thank you so much. I don't know. I think she wants me to be a lesbian. And That's I think valid. she just, I think she just wants me for gay clout. And honestly, why uh, else have a kid if not for gay clout? If, that's if, what <laughs> I'm saying. Like, I bring so much street cred to my family. Right? If I have a boring straight kid, I'll be like, like, I need my kid to be a drag queen. And, and if not, you will be disowned. <laughs> yeah, that's real. And that's all I have to say about it. Um, all right. Well, X's nose. Kisses. Bye. Bitches. Bye. Bye. This episode of Liz was edited and produced by me, Ellie Rudy, and co-hosted by the lovely Julie Jester, who is also our head of community outreach. If you'd like to support Liz, please hop on our Patreon and join at any level. Or at the very least, you can give us a five-star rating and review. It really helps. Tell your dogs, doctors, and door people about us. Thank you. Bye-bye.